Hey guys, welcome back to episode 82. <clears throat> Alright guys, we're back again. Uh, I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while because just kind of went on a hiatus as far as uh, mentally, just not wanting to do these. Uh, not wanting to do them, just my health issues and stuff, so... Uh, I've been just reaching out to find more guests and um, I found uh, a few people and our next guest um, found her on a Facebook group. Uh, we just started talking uh, a few minutes ago and uh, yeah, we we're having a really great conversation and so I want to introduce her. So uh, you want to like, tell us your name and obviously a little bit about yourself. Hey everybody, my name is Christina Stoney, but you can call me T-Bunny. I am severely handicapped. In both ears, I wear hearing aids, but despite my disability, I have an extreme passion for performing. I love hip-hop dancing. I was a professional wrestler. Uh, right now, I'm definitely a professional DJ. I'm just doing everything I can to show the world um, that you, regardless of your disability, you can still feel like a rock star. Thanks for having me, by the way. Of course. Yeah, I, I love her, your your energy. It's always uh, good to have people. Because one of the things doing this, when I started to interview people, not my friends, but the ones that, like, when I started finding new people, you know, you run into the people that are like, yeah, I have a disability and life sucks, and that's about, <laughs> that's about it. And look, I'm not saying that we don't all feel that way sometimes, but that's not inspiring anybody. That's actually making people really want to kill themselves. I don't want that. Like, I want people to actually understand that having a disability is not the end-all, be-all, and you can survive. And again, we all have different disabilities. You and I are lucky that we can walk and we can talk and, you know, you can hear some, I can see some, you know, we're not, you're not deaf and I'm not blind. And so you and I are fortunate in a lot of ways, but our lives are still hard. And so, you know, what I love about you is that you're so just kind of bubbly and you're just out there just like, screw it. Like, I have a disability. I'm going to live with it. And, you know, life can suck sometimes, but. It wasn't always like that. It took a while to get here. (laughs) Right. So why don't we, yeah, why don't we start from the beginning? So were you you born with your your hearing impairment? Yeah, I was, I was born, I was born hand impaired, um, but I was, I, I'm, I'm still young guys, but I was born in the 80s, so they did not have the, the hearing test from first to tell if, if there was any issues. So my parents didn't find out until I was like two or three. And what they noticed was I have a twin sister and she's not hearing impaired, but it's interesting. You could see we're both born on the same day, but you could see there was a difference in our developmental pattern. And they started to notice that I wasn't listening. Like, it's funny. They thought I was being like disobedient. I used to hear them. And then once they brought me to the doctor, they said, your daughter's hearing impaired. And again, it was still, it, it, it was in the 80s. They weren't sure, like, what to do with me. Do you put me in an all-deaf school or do you put me in a program? And, um, you know, being hearing impaired is very complicated because I tell people, like, just because I'm having my hearing aid in doesn't mean I hear perfectly. So I have right. one foot in the hearing world and one foot in the deaf world. I don't fit in either, and it's it's complicated and I'm I don't do sign language I do very little but people be like oh I learned sign language and I'm like but I don't sign like when did I ever sign <laughs> yeah no I it, it it's kind of very parallel to my life because I I kind of de- like just kind of got in there and dibble dabbled with braille and canes and mobility training and these different things but a lot of, like with braille like I was on such a high reading level in high school 
And then I'm reading the boy named John went to the store to get ice oh cream. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was killing me because I was feeling, you know, stupid. And so I, I kind of got away from a lot of that stuff. And I think there was some real like, oh, like he thinks he's too good to be blind or visually impaired. And it's like, no, man, it's not that. Look, I, I can't fake this shit. I am what I am. But I'm also like trying to still feel some normalcy in life. And... So, yeah, no, Absolutely. I, I completely understand. Uh, well, I wanted to pay you back on that. When I was in high school, I, did, I tried a program where they had a hearing impaired depth like program in a public school. And I remember leaving and feeling so pissed off because I felt like I was being babied. I'm like, no, I want to mm -hmm. be, this is a human world and I want to be independent. And I, I just resonated with you 100%. And I feel like what you and I could relate to is that if you say you're a, you're blind and I say I'm hearing impaired, like people don't get that it's a spectrum. Like I know people that are legally blind that can drive cars. Like it's it's not just a simple answer there. So people automatically refer to, Oh, you need a walking cane? Oh, you need sign language? No, you're not getting it. But it's still it's still hard. Yeah, yeah, I've gotten many times like, Well, you don't look blind. I'm like, I'm not blind. I said I'm How legally does a blind, blind person look? Well, because it's the cane, it's the it's the dark glasses, it's the dog, you know. And look, I'd love to have a dog walking around with me, but not because of that. I just love animals. But I know. It, it's, you know, it's one of those where, you know, if you have to look a certain way, um, you know. Oh, people say that to me. You don't look deaf. But I'm like, what, what the hell does a deaf person look like? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. People have their thought process on what they see in social media or movies or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Especially movies, it's like, you understand the representation of us is never usually us. It's usually someone else. It's usually someone else. I know, 100%. Yeah. That's what I struggled growing up is that I never saw a hearing impaired actress or musician like i didn't have anybody on tv i didn't have anybody to really look up to um and i think that's what motivated me to be a performer and to like you know videos and stuff because i want people to have a visual it's going to be okay it's hard now your disability is not your finish line <clears throat> yeah no stupid phone decided to i forgot to put my phone on mute because my phone is hooked up to the this podcast board through bluetooth so okay. any sound that goes also an espn chime just went off and god no i'm sure it's not important um <laughs> i think the braves won uh well yeah they, but they won yesterday so that that, should, <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem and, and uh it's just yeah it, it threw me off and i'm sure you won't hear it but they, they everyone else will probably hear uh, now my cat's climbing on me. Um, I agree. But, uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, you're not, I don't know how old you are, but you, you look young. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, when when did you kind of know early on, like, when you were, like, whatever, school or whatever, that you were actually different from, like, the average kid? When I was in first grade, and it was one of the first times that me and my twin that is a great question. I love it. I, um, when I was in first grade, it was the first time me, that I remember that me and my twin were separated. And I was in this much smaller class. So I'm sure that was like the special education class. And my sister was in like the crowded, the crowded class. And I, was, and I just didn't get like, why am I in this class and not that class? 
Mm-hmm. And I just noticed everybody was, everybody around me, quote unquote, to society was different. And uh, that really, that really resonated with me. And then when I got older, uh, you know, third grade, I got an FM system and they were hooked to my hearing aid and it looked like a giant wire necklace and everybody kept staring at me. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then somebody, I was being made fun of for my voice. So like, you sound different. I was like, wait, what do you mean I sound different? And I will always be forever offended when people make comments on my voice, I find it so incredibly inappropriate. But it all goes back to, I, wow, you just, you just woke me up. That's probably why I'm so offended, because that was the first indication that I was different. Thanks. Thank you for that mental. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm there. No, you're good. Like I said, you're, you're a very cute girl. You'll be all right. But it, Thank you. <laughs> it, it's no, I, I mean, you know, yeah. I so I didn't have to go through those classes being visually impaired and I, you know, I don't have a speech impediment. So there's certain things that kind of, and I had enough people around me kind of pushing me in the right way, but I did go into some visually impaired classes. And then there was like this other side of the hallway where they were called non VI classes. There was VI and non VI, the visually impaired and the non vision impaired classes. And those were where they were okay. teaching the real work. Um, and we were getting like, when I was in fifth grade, I was getting fourth and third grade work and I was too advanced for that class. So they had to move. I had a vision eye terror. Actually, I had her on the podcast. Um, she was one of my oh, former awesome. teachers. She, she, she really looked out for me and she, and she got me into these classes, which at the time I was so like, I, I was just new and I knew everybody in those other classes. So now, I mean, I wasn't the most, I wasn't a social butterfly. So I was really hard to be in those classes. So I didn't really do as well as I was doing in those others, but it was needed for me to kind of spread my wings and get out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to kind of, you know, being different is especially early on. I remember like I would wear like really short shorts, not like really short, like, you know, girls would wear, but it was Too bad, short, short. right. That was me, <laughs> but they weren't below my knees. And so at the time, so that uh, I so started, I yeah, so they would, they would tease me. And so then I had to change that up and I was always trying to be something else. And again, I was in like fifth grade or whatever, so who cares? Yeah. yeah. But so, you know, being different, like, and this is like, you know, maybe you're probably not going to get a politically correct answer out of this because there's certain people with disabilities, especially ones that get put in those certain classes that you were put in. Um, how like, you because you're, you're around people who, you know, are bobbing back and forth and they're making noises. And of course, you know, they have their struggles and, and you know, I feel horrible for them, people with special needs and autism and, and so on. And you're a person who, you know, other than your hearing problem and your little bit of a speech impediment, you're, you're relatively normal. Um, like how do you feel? Like functional. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, yeah. How do you feel being in those classes with all these other people who, you know, obviously these classes are made for them specifically, but for you, you're just there because people don't really know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate it school. I'll never go back to it because I mean, uh, my IEP was getting violated all the time. I, uh, school is very loud. Like you just brought it up, the background noises. It's everything. It's so difficult to comprehend things. And also on a social level, um, I didn't speak as well as I did now. Like I, I got a ton of intensive speech therapy, but I couldn't communicate with people because also them being kids, there was no patient. Like, they would say something. I'd be like, what did you say? And they say it again. I'm like, what did you say again? And then they'll say either never mind or I'll tell you later. 
And those two who played it always kind of like jabbed at me because that says I don't have the patience for you to know what's going on. So I always felt alone. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I've been around a certain, like there was a school when I went to high school that someone got me like a one of those little cheese buses. And so I was on them. And people were trying to make fun of me. I was I was a little more confident with my skin at that point where people were like, oh, you know, you, you got to get on these little cheese buses. And it's like, yeah, but like while you're in the freezing cold, I have heat. And while you're in the hot, the, the heat, I have air conditioner. And we also go pick up smoothies. But so they would pick up me and another kid from this really good school. And then they would go pick up all these people with special needs. So I would help them on the bus and, and all that. And um, but there was a part of me that was kind of embarrassed to be on there because I'm around all these people that are bobbing back and forth and doing all these noises. And, you know, now I wouldn't care. I, I, I totally, I understand what you mean. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm one of the top kids in the school as far as grades at that point in time. And I'm seeing people are like knocking on the windows and I'm just trying to hide because I, I just felt so uncomfortable. Cause it's like, I, I, I was trying to get away from like, I'm not this, I'm just on here because someone got me a luxury to just get a bus. So I didn't have to take the transit system and stuff, which probably should, I probably should have done. But, um, yeah, I've always wanted oh, to. Oh, I was on the small, I was on the short bus. <laughs> yeah. Did not want to be on that bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but you know, you got to evolve at some point. And, and so eventually I kind of got comfortable with it, but it was, there was still kind of an uncomfortability of, of being around these people who, you know, I'm perceived to be like just because of my eyes and I'm trying so hard not to be like them, even though in, a, in some ways we are similar, but also it's like now people don't want to see past my grades, don't want to see past yeah. what I can bring to the table. It's, it's oh, you're slow too. And, and then the, the older you get, then you start to try to get jobs. You start to do things and peep. There's always somebody's, in, you know, they're going to perceive you as slow because in, like in my case, I look close at a phone or you do something with your hearing that makes people go, oh, she's slow. And it's like, dude, like, I don't know what, how you translate that to that, but, uh, you know, just talk to me and you'll know. Well, I'm let me ask talking. you a question. Sure. So when we fill out job applications and I've always wondered, like, and I'm still, I still, I still don't know what the right decision is today, but do you bring up your disability before you get hired for a job or you don't? Like, I always feel like sometimes when I write disability on paper, it prevents people from looking at the rest of my resume. Yeah, so I never did that with jobs because, like, but like in a comparison, and I'll bring it back to the job part. But I once, one when I was like early on and I was young and trying to like date and stuff, I would try not to tell the girl about my eye condition just to see if they would treat, <laughs> treat me any differently. Um, and then like a couple weeks in or a month or whatever, I would go, Hey, I got a vision problem and see if anything was different. But I never, but then I hated that. Cause then I felt like I was just being fake and I was hiding and I, and I was never a liar and I never liked to fake anything. So, um, and so then bring it back to the jobs. Um, now I've had a consistent job for some years now, but, um, when I was trying to find jobs somewhere in the middle there and then before I, I would just kind of you know i would do the beginning parts and all that and then somewhere in the middle because especially when you have to kind of if you have to sign any paperwork or fill out certain things some of these places have like forms and you got to write down what you would do in this situation or that and um and so then with me i have to look closer to do it and so i knew i couldn't there's certain parts i couldn't fake 
uh, depending on the, 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 the application. So, um, okay. so then I would just come, I'm like, look, I have a vision problem. So like, I remember trying to get a job at Lowe's and I was talking to a guy and he was just, he was cool about everything. And he was just asking me, you know, what would you do in this situation if you have this employee and that? And so I gave him all my obstacles of working with other people with disabilities where I worked with a blind guy and you know, the, the post office would bring in all these um, green containers, which are these uh, books on tape for the blind, and they would come in these heavy containers. And so my eye, my right eye is, is okay, and my left eye is basically all colors and motions, but the other guy I'm with is totally blind. So we have to pull all these heavy containers, I don't know how many feet, but a decent amount of feet. And um, so we came up with an idea that I would hold on one, he would hold on to the back, and he would pull a container himself. And so I learned how to work with a guy who was totally blind. And I worked with a guy who had like one arm and all these different things. And so I was using all these analogies of how I work with people that most people would consider hard to work with based on, you know, on face value, just right up front, you would go like, Oh, okay, I don't know how to work with that. Um, and so I used all these examples and then and also using my own experiences with my own eyes and just how I would do this. So I couldn't hide it. Um, and I was just up front with it, but yeah, it, it's going to turn a lot of people off. It really is. No, yeah, but you just you just made the point to everybody who is hesitant on hiring somebody with a disability. We're going to get this job done. It's just going to be in a different way. Yeah, and I, I just... I, so what's the end result there? Getting the job done. Yeah, and I know so many people that are like, oh, my son just, you know, he lost another $20 an hour job for this and that. And it's like... You understand, how, like, if you gave a person with a disability who can really do the job, he's going to hold on to that job. He's going to be very loyal to you, and he's going to put, and he's going to put a thousand times more effort in because he has to, and because he's trying to prove himself, not only you, that he can do it or her. And um, and so they don't understand that stuff. They don't understand loyalty. They don't understand because it's all about greed and money, and you know, and they just, you know, and, and some of these places that they, you know, we haven't gotten to a place where. You know, if you see Walmart or some of these places, it's like, well, oh my God, we don't have enough black people in here. We got to hire like two of them just because, you know, we have to look good or we have to hire a gay guy or we have to hire a woman or they ha they have these little weird, of course, they're still sexist. They're still racist. They're still these things, but we aren't one of those. Like we aren't like, oh, we got to hire. That's what I wonder. Are we like, I, when I did, um, you know, a like government type job. And they ask you to put down if you have a disability. And I, I do wonder, like, do some people actually have, like, that quota that they need a certain amount of I, I doubt people it. in A, B, and C? But that's not what I want to be hired for. No, no, I know. But I'm saying we're not even that. That's how bad it is. Oh. We're, we're not even that. And so no one wants to really hire us. And I mean, there's certain places like we have a grocery store here called Wegmans that is known for hiring, especially people with special needs to bag groceries and stuff like that. And they're known to hire people with disabilities, which is great. Um, and obviously you have a lot of nonprofits that are kind of forced to hire us because they, yeah. they, they base it around us. But um, yeah, and I don't, I mean that I know I'm going to get maybe other countries. I don't know, but there's really, I've never heard of any like, Oh, we have to have at least three blind guys or deaf people or, or just people with disabilities. <laughs> I haven't heard of it. And look, I don't want that either. I don't want to be just some statistic or some quota that I got to yeah. fill. But, I, you know, it's, it's we're not even at that point. So how the hell are we going to get to the point where we, you know, as we said off air about how many people are unemployed in our community, how are we going to get more of us employed? Because a lot of people look at us like we're just these lazy people that just collect disability and they don't understand the restrictions behind disability and how much we can make and all that nonsense. So 
No, and they, they bring it up to me all the time. Why do you want to feel on disability? And I'm like, I can walk, you know. I can move. Like, why do I? I can work. Uh, and then I always tell them, I'm like, disability is nothing. I don't, I was like, I cannot live off of disability alone. So you want me to be conditioned to being extremely limited? Like, no, I want to. I want to have a successful career. I want to have. I want to buy a house. I want to do all this stuff that everybody else does. I don't want to rely on having disability and my whole life being dependent on a check from the government coming through. Like it's not. I mean, I, I'm not putting down people that c- can't ask for it work, but I know that it's it's my hearing that's affected. But everything else works in my body, and I want to do it. Yeah. No, I hear. It. Yeah. It, it, you. You start to feel more disabled than you are when you start to talk to people who make you feel that way because you're just like, I know my eyes suck and it's not the greatest, but like I can do anything else. And so then I always try much harder. And sometimes I end up more sore than I need to do when I do a lot of my physical tasks at work. And I'm like, why did I push so hard? Who am I proving this to? No one's even watching. Like, who cares? Yep. And I realize I'm battling my own inner demons, my own self, just because... I want to prove that I belong in this dumb world or I belong in this job or whatever I'm doing. And it's like, nah, man, like you got to slow down. You're going to, you really are going to be disabled in a different way. If you keep pushing your back and all these different things, like just stop worrying about what other people think. Who cares? Cause people are going to think. Yeah, it's easier said and done because you don't want to worry what people think, but those, the way people think affects how you you get your job the way people think affects your relationship right you're trying to find it's like a needle in the haystack so you're trying to find a genuine person that just wants to hire a good employee a genuine person that wants to be with a great man despite any of the disabilities so that's where it gets hard on because it's it, it depends on it does depend on other people even though we're doing our part it, you know, it depends on other people doing their part that they have to do right um, so let's go back to you. Like, what, what was, what was like high school like for you? Oh my God, it was terrible. So, <laughs> sorry, my eyes. Uh, I did not, fit, so I was in um, I felt like I fit in for a little bit because I played the drums at the time. So when I started performing, it was the first time everybody saw me as something other than the hand and play girl. So, at the time, I was into playing the drums, so I was in the marching band, but I ended up getting bullied so bad by the boys. Even my band, my band director made me run a lap around the football field because he said I wasn't listening to him enough, like I didn't hear him. So I ran laps around the field. I transferred high school like twice. My, uh, it, it was just the, I ended up graduating early. Like that's how bad high school was. And I'm hoping now everything is a lot better in the school system because for some reason there's actually a lot more here to pay people now. So they have to cater to them. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I left high school, I just said, I just want to be a performer. And I ended up uh, working for Six Flags Great Adventure Entertainment Department. I ended up going to New York every single week for dance lessons and auditions. But school really, I think I'm over it for the most part. But school had really damaged the foundation of my life where three years ago, I almost ended up committing suicide. And I remember my mom's like, what's, like, 
she's you know she's like trying to help me and i literally said to her like my disability ruins my life because i will do everything in my power but because of the disability and other people are labeled it would push me in a corner that i can't succeed right um so yeah, that's that's very heavy. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I've talked about my suicide attempt too, so I understand. No, yeah. So it's I I don't think like that anymore. It's it's just this is the problem with a lot of people in the country now. It's like this is life. Everybody had to struggle. Every my struggle is not worse or better than yours. Every single person had a struggle, but this is life and. I always say to people when they struggle with like weight and all that, I said, be blessed that you have a solution to your problem. I will always have a disability. It will never change. I will always deal with stupid people. There's, the only thing I can do is live with it. Yeah. Well, so I always put that on people. If you have a solution, go for it. But understand, I have to live with it. <laughs> like, no, I got you. Yeah, I mean... And that's... you know the pandemic affects the disability community hardcore. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about off, off the air before we got on here is that, you know, and I'm sure you would agree, is that most... The hardest part about having a disability is the other stuff. It's not the disability itself. Like, the disability sucks. It's not great. And of course, you got the mental health stuff of it, which sucks. But a lot of the mental health stuff that comes with it is the public, is is people. It's... You know, it's it's school, it's work, it's, you know, even trying to get a job, it's everything else. Um, it's all the hurdles that you have to overcome that shouldn't be there um, that kind of magnify your disability more. And it, it, it kind of throws it back in your face and you can't ignore it. Um, whereas you're trying to just kind of, you know, tiptoe through life, just trying to live a normal life with your disability, knowing you have a disability. But every time, you know, it's... Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if, if everyone's asleep in the house and you're you're trying to walk in the house without making a noise and, of course, you, you step on that crack in the floor and then, you know, it makes a noise um, and somebody wakes up because you, you're just you're so trying to just kind of go through life without no problems um, beyond the one you already have and everyone else is just like, ha, you're deaf, you're blind. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. Well, let me, let me give you an, a, like, a, like a basic example so people who are listening could understand it's not just about like people making fun of us. So the the pandemic happened, the mandate, ha- like the pandemic happened, everybody in New Jersey got followed. But me, who was the head of being a physical therapist, I said, no, it's two weeks. To- I cannot believe it. I believe this. But like two weeks to slow this bed. I'm like, you know what? I, I have a job to do. I'm going to stay and work and be an essential worker. And then the mask mandate happened. And now I was robbed of lip reading. There's no accommodations, nothing. So while people stay at home getting paid twice the money that I am while I'm struggling, like, I was like, what the hell? And it, it was like four months of hell not being able to understand anybody. Um, then I left. And then I'm, but I'm still doing everything I can to work. I did, you know, DoorDash, all that didn't work. I finally get this job delivering the mail and i emailed them saying i just need you guys to wear clear for the orientation wear clear mask and your video that had subtitles that's all i need i was so excited to finally work again but mind you 
I had to find a job opposite of what I wanted to do because of the mandate with the lip reading and do a job that I don't want to do because I need to make money. All I said was, please provide these accommodations. They had more and enough time. I show up. Nobody's wearing a clear mask. The videos are not subtitles. And they send me interpreters, which I never requested for. I never said I'm deaf. And they said to you, hey, sorry, we can't provide you accommodation. We have to schedule you for our next orientation. So that means because they couldn't provide the simple accommodation that I asked for and I want to work, I missed out on a month of pay. Like, it's situations like that that affect us because we're doing everything I can to be a functional citizen in society, but because you guys are making these dumbass mistakes, it's affecting our lives even worse. Like, a month without a pay is a lot. Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and that, and it, it goes back to, like, you know, like I, you know, with all the cancel shit and with like, like HR, for instance, it's, it's, it's a thing that's, it's needed when it's used for the right thing. And, you know, you go in there and obviously, you know, like you shouldn't sexually assault somebody. You shouldn't sexually even harass anybody. Obviously don't be racist. Don't do these things. And you're like, okay, you're making these accommodations and work to not do these things. And so it's like, why can't we just add another one for, okay, this person needs this, um, and let's just do it. Like, okay, we need, cause they have no problem forcing you to, to what you can say and what you can do. But it's like, why, why can't you just say like, okay, people, I need you to wear clear mask or, Hey, I need you. Or even just, just wear clear mask when they're around you. Um, or, you know, and just, yes, just every, everything that you need. It, it's just for one person. Um, and it's like, they don't want to make the accommodations for us, but they want to make it for everyone else. And you become like, you now well, human resources, it's not for us. We all know that it's well, for the right. company. <laughs> But, you, but again, like for me, like we all feel like we're a burden at some point. Like I feel like I'm a burden yes. sometimes because I can't drive because my condition. So, you know, I always have to have someone drive me around or I have to take transportation or something. But either way, it's still people drive me around. So I always feel like that sometimes, especially with my family and friends. And so, you know, now you're at work. You're trying not to draw attention to yourself. Obviously, you clearly know you're the whatever deaf girl to everyone. And it's like, OK, yes. now <laughs> and all you want to do is just do your job, make money and pay your rent. <clears throat> How can you do that if no one wants to help you out? Because now you have to, it's like, you feel like you're asking for too much. You know, it's like you're in a relationship yeah. and you're asking for loyalty and honesty. And it's like, well, duh, I should want those things. And so like, you're just, you're just like, look, all I need you guys to do is just have it so I can work with you. Um, you don't have well, to Well, they do don't this, understand you know. that we don't, we don't, it's hard for us to ask for help because we, we feel like we're not being independent. We don't want right. to. We have a disability, but we don't want to feel to you guys that we're like a special case and just, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We don't want the pat on the head. And we, yeah, we're, we're stuck in this middle ground where it's like we don't want to be the person who just feels like they need to be pushed around in a wheelchair or need like extra help because we are independent. But then our independence always feels like it's being stripped from us when we have to come down to a level and go like, Hey, I need yes. you to do a certain yes. thing. And, and, and it, yeah, on the ball, it, it sucks. Cause you, you said, and then that's when you, your mental game starts to start. And yes. I've said so many times, like your mind is always one step ahead of you. So every time one of those incidences come up um, and you're like, you know, you're like, Oh, I want to work. And your mind's going to be like, Oh, well watch, watch how this fails. And then you go to work <laughs> 
and and this happens. That's a bad example. Yeah, and so then your mind will go, see, I told you you shouldn't work. See, because they won't listen to you. They don't want to even accommodate you. And even when they do accommodate, it's like, now how stupid do you feel? Like, and your mind is just constantly just beating you up. And you're like, dude, like, I just got past this hurdle. Can you just shut up now? Uh, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I talk about mental health so much because it, it, there's so much more into it than just the, you know, again, if you're anxious or you're sad or whatever the things that people worry about. Um, there's so much more in the thought process because if you have a disability, you automatically have some sort of mental health and you know, it, it, I won't disagree with that. Yeah. And, and everything again, like I said, it goes back to the disability, the disability already in your head. But if, if everyone treated you equally and everyone didn't worry about the certain accommodations that you need for your job or just in life and everyone was just friendly, I'm like, Oh sure. Here, here's this, here's that. You're just, your mind wouldn't be able to go to, oh, see, people suck. I'll oh, see, I'm never going to fit in and this world isn't made for me. You wouldn't think any of these things if everyone was just kind of friendly and, and cool about everything. But that's not the way it goes. So your mind a lot of times wins those battles because your mind isn't wrong all the time. I mean, it, it, no, no. You know. But that's what, that's what, like, however we want to call it, able bodied people, they need to. I run into this a lot with our Christina. You said you wanted to be equal. And I'm like, yes, but if you don't, like, if I didn't hear them or something, they, they would pretty much say, like, I'm using my disability as an excuse. And I'm like, no, like, the best way I can explain it to you, like, I need the accommodation. It's like, say we're in a race. Your car has four tires. Mine only has three. Why don't you just give me that tire so I'm on the same level as you guys and then I can do the same way. That's what I mean. Yeah. And I, we have to, people need to change their mindset that accommodation and being on, is being on the age equality, is being on the same level as you. We're not asking, and for anybody that's asking for like automatic, like a pass on everything they do just because they're disabled, you need to fix your mentality. Just give us the opportunity and let us work for the end result of it. And that's, and then that's what we'll suck it up on. If we don't get it, we'll know, okay, we had the accommodation, we put all of our work. Sometimes our work isn't just good enough, just like everybody else, you know what I mean? Right, and they're always looking for the person to kind of replace you that's better off. But they also look at it like, a lot of people look at people with disabilities from their perspective of what it's like to be missing a leg or can't hear or whatever. And they're like, well, I couldn't do that. I physically or I mentally can't do this. I can't even fathom how someone can do something totally blind or totally deaf. And it's like, yeah, but that's your mindset. You don't have to live with that. Thank God for you that you don't have to. Amen. So stop projecting it on me because there's people that do amazing things all the time with less and those are the people that I that are warriors and just fight every damn day. So I don't like just because you can't do it. Just be grateful that you don't have to, but don't make my life harder because you mentally can't do it. Um, and so it's, it's just like give us the accommodations, and if we fail, no one's going to be harder on us than us. So if we fail, it's on us. It's not on you. Yeah, I feel like that's the way of saying like I'm sorry. I, I feel like we need to be more blunt to regular people about it's okay to say this. It's not okay to say this. I, I feel like people just don't know. And e even me as a hearing impaired person, I don't know, like somebody that happened to be bound in a wheelchair, I still don't know what the correct terminology is and whatnot. Um, I feel like, and it's like what we talked about off the air, a lot of us need to be more verbal yeah, about yeah. 
the community. No, yeah, we have to be, but we also but not in a cancel culture way, in a in a in a in a in a cool like having an adult conversation type of way. You know, that's how we always reach out to people. Yeah, and, and support each other, reach out to others, and not just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, like when I I started this, I started doing this and I, I wanted to listen to what other podcasts were doing so I'd hear other visually impaired podcasts and they would only stick to their vision impairment or whatever their disability was they would stick to that and it just felt wrong to me because I realized there's such a bigger community there's so many of us that it's like why can't we all just support each other like we just because I don't know what it's like to not have legs or, or have a hearing problem or, or be really short or whatever I do know what it's like to struggle. I do know what it's like to be in pain. I do know what it's like to yeah. deal with mental health. I do know what it's like to be discriminated against. I do know all the things that you went through. Just certain, just the physical part or the body part is different. So why is it any different? Why can't I support you in your chronic pain? Why can't I support you in anything? Like It's the same shit in a different way. Uh, and we can all come together on the, the things that we all bond on. You and I are different in, in certain ways. But we're also similar in a lot of ways. So why can't we just stick to the similar things? Because, as I've said many times, we're all compared to the guy in the wheelchair logo. We're all that guy. Even though the majority of us are not in wheelchairs as far as people with disabilities. Yeah. Well, think of it. They need to know that it's the American Disability Act, not the American Blind, not the American Deaf. It's the Disability Act. That's a piggyback on what you're saying. That's why we all need to stick together. Right, I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even, like, I know I've heard a lot of people who are deaf saying that they're not disabled, they just speak a different language. And it's like, look, I like that sentiment, but it, it's it, you're just trying to get away from the fact that you don't want to say that you're like us. And the reality well, of Well, that's the thing. They're very prideful. I can't say for every deaf people, I'm just speaking on what I experienced, but they're very prideful, and, and it's fine. Like they, I feel like they want to make their disability into a positive spin on that. I'm not going to put on it, but they think if they culture but when you want to put down deaf people that want to get the cochlear implant to get some hearing they say you should be proud to be deaf and like some people will get upset with me i'm like i'm not proud of being hard of hearing this disability caused a lot of problems in my life my life would be a lot easier without it i get made fun of every effing day it's not something that i'm proud of i didn't choose to like a, a a malfunctioning of your body is not a culture prideful thing. Yeah. Um, and so, but this is just like everywhere else. We need to respect the difference of opinion and how we view things. And we can't extradite people out of the community just because you don't think the same way that you do. Like, at, um, I did a just did a, you know, Nigel, he was like this deaf guy from Dance with the Stars, and he did that Netflix um, documentary, that Netflix reality show called Deaf You. I think I know who you're talking about. All right, so he's a very he's a very popular like deaf uh, like celebrity, and he did this he did this reality show on Dallas Deaf University, and it just clearly shows that deaf people don't want other deaf people using their voice like talking and i'm like you don't get mad at somebody for not talking and then nigel um we i give credit for credit is due when biden was president he put somebody he made sure to have an asl interpreter at like all the events and so and uh yeah for the 
took that to Perry. I thought that was cool. I'm like, cool, that's gonna that's a progress. I don't I don't do sign language, I'd be the quote captain, so it didn't affect me. But I was happy that they were starting to change and then Nigel, who's part of the deaf community, who should be happy that somebody doing sign language flips shit saying, No, that that interpreter is of a publican in real life and I'm like, see, this is how we can't have nice things. Because we finally get what we want, and it's not good enough for you, and then you have to make an issue about it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's it's there's always going to be self-destructive people in every community, and I think that's why it gets hard for us to like come as one. I find it very silly that like, what am I not allowed to talk to you because we don't have the same disability? Yeah. No. Yeah. And again, that's where we trip on ourselves and get in our own way, um, because there's certain. T- uh, you know, even just even just when, you know, again, I'm I'm not going to get into the political shit, but when Biden even came out and actually mentioned disabled people in his one speech, people with disabilities were just losing their shit. It's like, oh, we got mentioned. It's like, yeah, but that again, it's a start, but that's nothing. Like, whoop de doo, we got a mention, yes. but it's also for political gain. It's also for you know to look good. So it's not really much. And it's like, and then you go, well, wait till he's in, and wait to see what happens and all that. And it's like. What has changed since then? Nothing. So no, 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 no. It reminded me of the people that when the um, when the mask mandate happened and people that are listening, I'm hearing impaired, lip reading. It's my main form of communication. Um, people would send me links of, oh, check it out, they're wearing clear masks, or here, here's a site for clear masks, and I'm like, well, do you buy one? Because I need to read your lips. Like, why are you sending this to me if you're not going to contribute to help? Yeah. Mm-hmm my difficulty yeah it's a lot of people are doing not me but look what some people are doing isn't this great (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's fantastic i mean you should get one why do i need to wear it i need to read your lips yeah yeah i mean yeah you don't have a problem understanding me (laughs) absolutely yeah um so what what made you kind of want to get into like entertainment and all that Oh, when I was five years old, I saw Michael Jackson in, uh, on TV. He did Thrillers, and he did Billy Jean. And I don't know, I was so hooked on his performance and getting, so I felt comfortable, like, dancing. I'm like, wow, this is one guy who demands the attention of the room, and he's by himself, and off stage, he's so shy, but as soon as he get on stage, it's like an alter ego. It's, it's like wearing a, you know, it's like wearing a mask. Like you, nobody knows who you are. You can be everything that you want to be and have this different uh, confidence. And that's why I came up with Sea Bunny. Sea Bunny is my stage name. Because people will be like, you're such a different person when you're on stage. And uh, I used to be extremely shy and everything. So people, when I tell them that story, they're like, you used to be shy? I'm like, yeah, I couldn't look at you in the eye. <laughs> um, but I love performing because, again, it shows people that I'm more than a hearing impaired girl. And performing with our bodies, I'm, I don't have to communicate with you verbally or with my hearing. You can just see on my body what feeling I'm going through. And that's why I'm being a DJ now, too. It's fun because you just see me having fun. And um, anytime I play the music, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just going all over the place. When I go to the club and I'm dancing on the dance floors, I don't know who these people are. We don't say one word to each other. 
But I had the best time ever because it's all through nonverbal communication, dancing, high-fiving. Uh, performing really opened up an outlet for me and helped me become very comfortable in my skin. That's good. Oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. And, and <laughs> no, nah, where, where, where do you, because, you know, being a, a girl and, and, and just – you know, and you say you do hip hop dancing and certain things. How, where do you kind of fall in the middle of being like tasteful and, and overly sexual and all these things? Because oh, now- I I stand my ground. I am not sexual. So when I <laughs> I'm more of like pop and rock and Michael Jackson style type. Um, but when I auditioned for T Pain, um, I never did a sexual move, and he still hired me despite that. Um. Oh, but cool. there's, an, there's an integrity factor. Like, I have people be like, you know, you can look up the jobs that you want to audition for, and you can get a hint for it. And I had people in other aspects of my career say, hey, can you wear this and uh, do this? And I know it's very, like, sexual, and it's not part of my brand. And I say, no. Like, sometimes the integrity factor just has to come into play. Um, but when I, just real quick, when I audition for T-Pain, we all had a freestyle for him, and I was the last to go, and he said to everybody, I want you to step outside the box and create your own box and show me who you are. So I wanted to show him that I'm going to dance my ass off for you and work so hard. So when I was freestyling by myself, I felt the grace of God saying, like, dance in the glory of me, you could do this. So I go up to the front, and I take my hearing aid out, and I slammed it. I like dropped it in front of him so T-Pain could see that I'm going to dance with you without my hearing aid on now. And I got a count from the speaker that was right next to us and I just started freestyling without really knowing what the hell was going on. And somehow every move just clicked and everybody was up on their feet. And it was such a magical moment because you don't want me to have your job. There's one spot open and Everybody realized that we'll all miss this, but dancing like made us come together and have that common ground. And then um, at the end of the day, when T-Pain filled up the spots with the girls, I all of a sudden he said, yo, T-Bunny, get up, get on up here. He created a spot on his roster just for me. And I've been very blessed to share my story telling people that your disability doesn't have to stop you. Yeah, no, it's cool. I only ask because, you know, again, you see tons of what you do, hip-hop, dance, and all these different things, but it always ends up in the twerking and, and all this other shit. Well, I, oh my, I cannot twerk. Okay. <laughs> they actually try to teach me how to twerk for days. I remember crying, like, I can't twerk. I said to them, I never did a sexual move for you. I never twerked for you. I never did anything. Um, But, yeah, it's um, not... Not every music video is a Cardi B music video. There's still some choreography out there. <laughs> no, I know. And again, but that's awesome on your point because, like I said, you're a pretty girl and you, I'm sure, have been, oh, you. as you said, to be pressured into that stuff because that's the stuff that sells. There's people that go on Instagram, they call them Instagram models, and they don't really do anything. They just go on there and they, you know, yes. move their hair With and their they, filters. they push their tits out and they'll just go like, hey, look at me. And there's a lot of like Instagram lives and just lives on Facebook and all these where it's just girls that are just like half naked, but they can't get naked because they'll get kicked off. But and they're just playing music and they're not doing anything. They're just playing music and they'll just answer some of their little comments and <laughs> stuff. And it's like and, and then but when people you, feed into it, that's the problem. Right. 
And but then when you see them actually doing stuff, which is their you know, like their performance stuff, which is just shaking their ass and just being sexual. And again, there's nothing wrong with being sexual in your life or just, you know, being, you know, if you're a woman and you like your body and you just, you're comfortable with who you are, that's great. And that's beautiful. But when it's just all you are known for, um, even just as you were saying with like, uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, there's that one song and you know, (laughs) like even Megan Thee Stallion herself, everyone's like, Oh, she's so great. And it's like, Dude, all no. she talks about is giving head and she shakes her ass. She doesn't, she is very bad for women. Like, I don't care. And again, and I'm sure she's pressured into some of that stuff, but she she goes for it. And again, I'm not going to just shit, and shit on her. But it's like, that's what these like upcoming talented women are. Like when you see someone like Adele come out, it's like, okay, we know off rip that she's super talented and she supersedes all of it. But like... You know, like when, when Christina Aguilera came out. Christina Aguilera has one of the greatest voices ever, but she was over, yes. overshadowed by Britney Spears, who had no talent. Um, but no, be, I'm going she can't sing, but she can definitely dance. Right, she can <laughs> dance, but her talent was so shitty, but she was sexual. Um, she had songs where she's just like completely naked with diamonds all over. And again, whatever. But that sold more than Christina Aguilera, who can hit a note and can actually, you know, put goosebumps on your arms. Um I feel like a lot of it is once you get up there and you notice there's a turmoil in, <clears throat> in people's behavior, then you, you started to hear people are saying, like, guys, it's not what you think it is. And I, I don't believe in Illuminati or anything like that, but I do believe that once you get a taste of fame, like, it's all, they're just puppet masters. Saying, look at this, you're gonna like this. Like, uh, like I was a professional wrestler, and I look at the entertainment industry as they're writing their own script. They're gonna tell you who you should like. Right. And I think that's why Christina Aguilera never got like the same uh, fair point as Britney. Christina is awesome. I'm so happy to see like back on TikTok. It's so it's so great to see like this is what I noticed as a DJ. Everybody still loves everything from early 2000s to all the way to the 80s because it's so it was still like authentic and it wasn't like the thing that we're doing the thing that we saw was crazy back then had nothing on Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion you know what I mean like we thought Britney was controversial because she just ripped off her, her like clothes right. with stuff still under so it's a again it's it's just a weird society of people think it's it's very complicated. So I've always wanted to, I wish I was, I used to want to be like always famous and whatnot, but at the same time, I'm like, there's a lot we don't know that's just going on up there. Um, And like temptation and why a lot of them are led to drugs and alcohol and suicide. Like, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. No, of course. No, I, I was more using it for you as a compliment because, like I said, you... Yeah. You could, but I do want to get my message out there to everybody so, to know that I think you and I are very stern on this. That just because we have a disability doesn't mean we're that stereotype in your mind that we can't do anything and that we, we're babies. We, we want to be independent adults with just the right tools and just give us a fair shot like we would give everybody else. That is it. Right. What did you do with wrestling? Oh, I was a professional. Uh, I had so much career. So, um, when I started, 2015, I went to a professional wrestling school. Um, and I trained and I did matches. So, it's similar to, like, you know, John Cena and 
Right, I know, I know. You know, woman type of stuff. Right. Uh, and with my character, it was cool because I was the hip-hop dancing, you know, shoe bunny. So I would do, like, the rock bottom on somebody, and then I would hit the rope. But instead of going for the rock elbow, I would do, like, a dance move and then hit the elbow. And we did, like, play on uh, spots with my hearing problem. Like, I, I was really trying to make a great character using my disability and my dance movement. Um, I came, I had a small, I had two tryout matches with the WWE. It didn't go anywhere, but I had a lot of fun performing and I met a lot of people and um, I was really driven to be the first hearing impaired woman to be signed to the WWE. But uh, eight concussions later, I had to kind of hang up my boots. I was going to ask you if you got hurt a lot, but uh, yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they had that one guy. <laughs> yeah they had that one guy years ago named zach gowan he had one leg and uh so they're you know they've had people in there with Wait, Zach? what'd you say wait he had one leg yeah he had one leg yeah he fought brock what was his name again? zach gowan yeah, yeah yeah i met him i met him he was good it, it, it's stuff like that it's a it's people like that like it brings a new light to people like oh like he has one leg and he's freaking wrestling like yeah like you can't do it with two legs. <laughs> yeah, he fought Brock Lesnar and everything. Yeah, they. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, yeah, like I said, it's possible. Um, you know, it, it's good that you constantly are, like pushing the envelope, of you know. Uh, so what's what's kind of like your with your TikTok when you started that? Like, what what's kind of your message behind all your videos? Because I haven't checked any I would, yet. I would like for my message to be I just want to be a fun dancer and a DJ, but that doesn't go out. Um. I actually, I went viral in one day uh, with a million views when I posted, I had a panic attack at like Stop and Shop. I was, work, I was working for Instacart and um, at this point, it's only like five months into the mask mandate and I was just, you know, with the mask mandate, it made me feel like I was the most disabled woman ever because I lost my survival tool of reading lips. Nobody has patience. It was like, having your disability times 10 and you're like what the hell but i ended up getting having a panic attack because you have to order on the order i had to order from the, the counter but it was six feet apart and you had a mask on and you couldn't write anything down and i just started crying i'm like i don't know what to do so i i filmed a snippet of my panic attack to show people what we're going through and that went viral so since then most of my content have always been um Defending people with disabilities, defending children that are being masked up right now. And I try to tell people, and this is where I get, um, I've never experienced so much ableism in my life. Yes, it's, it's almost 2022. I'm sorry, you guys, the pandemic is over. But back at the time, you know, I'm trying to protect you, but you won't meet me halfway to help me. And people say, like, it's better than dying. And I'm like, you don't live my life. Please don't tell me, like, what's better and what's not. And um, I try to, I verbalize on TikTok, guys, this is what we're struggling with. And it's, I connect with so many people saying, oh, my God, my daughter went through what you went through. Oh, my God, my kids just felt it's going through that in school. Like, I think it makes people feel nice to know that somebody's saying, somebody who has a disability saying this is not right. 
Yeah, no. Well, not again. So that's most of my that's most of my content. But at the same time, I still show my dancing and my DJ to tell them that I'm a regular person, just like everybody else. I still want to have fun. Right. Yeah, and that's why I've said that the point of this podcast is to make it so there's so many people out there who are going through this, whether they feel like they can say it or not. Um, but just to know that there's voices out there saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm just like you, and you don't feel alone," because there are a lot of us. I mean, I can, I'm sure you have. We all felt alone at one point or another. Uh huh. I mean, I, I still do. I think what people don't get is like it's not just being alone of not having friends. It's not, it's being alone when we're out in public, and there's so many dilemmas in our head that we're dealing with. Like, if I go out to eat with people, there's so many conversations going on. I don't know why people are laughing. What's the punchline of it? You know, they, you know, so you feel alone in your head, like, oh my God, like, I'm the only one that is struggling just to, just to have a, to have the same good time as everybody else that I want to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, we can kind of close it soon, but like, uh, what, what do you do? Do you want to promote your TikTok and, and whatever else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, um, uh, I have a website. It's called beingcbunny.com. Um, I'm a professional speaker. Also on that is there's a documentary that was filmed on my life. We won two film festivals, two film festival awards. Um, it's about 15 minutes. Uh, I would really love people to check it out. It's about my journey, having a, a hearing problem, but using performance to, to get me through it. So if you want to actually see more visuals of what I go through, please check that documentary out. I'm hoping sometime in the future when this pandemic is officially over, um, that I could be a professional speaker and go to all the schools. But um, So my website is bncbunny.com. And then on TikTok, I'm bncbunny two with the number two and i uh, feel free to dm me and i'm always i'm always down to have conversation and understand what what you go through and give advice and and vice versa yeah no that's awesome um do you have any advice for anybody who i always let the, the guests like give advice for whoever you know like the young version of you where they're kind of dealing oh, with you know yeah. kind of coping it's- with their hearing problem Yes, I mean, understand that it's going to be, nothing is impossible, it's going to be okay. You have a right to be angry and a right to be upset. You don't have to always feel like you're this inspirational, strong, positive person with your disability. Pick a goal, pick your passion, and tunnel vision. Just focus on that. Because along the way of you focusing on your goal, that's going to mentally keep you on this earth longer and you're going to develop more skills and tools that you didn't plan on uh, doing. And understand that uh, make sure you don't get in victim. It's okay to have a bad day. We all have mental health issues, but you're not a victim. 100% understand that you're not a victim. You're not you're a survivor. And you deserve the same rights as everybody else yeah absolutely um well thank you for coming on and doing this This thanks for having me it was fun uh hope you still want to talk outside the podcast be friends oh yeah we have definitely a common interest we're gonna have to talk on the political stuff (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Yeah, we could talk as much as you want. Like I said, if you ever need someone to talk to, please reach out. Um, Absolutely. And I really appreciate you doing this podcast. Uh, the more people hear our story, they understand we're just like everybody else. We just have a different way of doing it. I think we'll all come together and uh, hopefully we'll make some changes in the future. Hopefully. Well, I need you, you need me, and we need many others. So let's kind of keep going forward and hopefully we do something different. Amen, Seth. Uh, you have a great day. Thank you so much. Yep, you too. Take care. Right, bye. All right, guys, that was fun. I wanted to uh, make sure I hung up there. I did. Roy. Okay, well, now a bus is going by with its squeaky brakes. Bullet is here. Bullet, you want to say anything? Okay, he's going to purr. Uh, so he's here chilling with me. I was petting him. And, um, yeah, guys, I just am happy to get back out there. I know, like I said in the beginning, um, I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while because it really has been a while for me because I have so many done in the vault. And uh, But it's good. Uh, I recommend any podcasters out there when you're doing a show, uh, try to get a bunch of episodes done. Uh, once you kind of get your feet wet and you actually kind of know what you're doing and you have a, a grasp of the content you're going to be putting out and all that try to get episodes done now, in my case i have to get people to interview so it's i have to rely on others and so that could be frustrating but you know if you're one of these people that's kind of wishy-washy mentally where you're just battling and and, you, and there's days you don't want to do things um or you know you may run into some problems or you may i might have trouble finding certain guests at certain points in your life or whatever Make sure you have content done ahead of time so that way, you know, if you're putting out one a week, two a week, make sure you have enough there so that when, if you go on a hiatus of not wanting to do anything, you could just put it out, do the show notes, hit publish, and you're done, and you don't have to have the willpower or the, you know, the just the withal of wanting to go and look for more guests or, or do more new, you know, new content. Maybe you have, you know, what they call writer's block, but for podcasting just you just you don't have any feel of what your content's going to be if you have stuff done already you don't have to worry about that just make sure you don't take too long and then you run out of content but uh yeah that's kind of if I have any thoughts or any advice for anybody who's trying to do it but um yeah I don't want to keep this going um I hope you guys enjoyed her she was a very bubbly person and you know uh she's really doing a lot of great things and I I you know glad become friends with her I just met her the other day, and so, uh, ooh, I hit the wrong button, but I'll, I'll play here. We're going to get to the outro. Yeah. Hey, right, guys. See you on the next one. Bye-bye.